Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 325. Oh, I like these even number podcasts. <laughs> yes. I do that every single time we have an even number one. <laughs> 325 so seems like an important one. Yes, but that's really an odd number. <laughs> so how's it even? Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I reviewed a couple books uh, following Wakanda, Black Panther number two, as well as Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and I uh, recapped Descender, which is ending soon. You did a hell of a run on that one. Yeah, I did. It was very good. Um, we talked about some movies coming out and uh, a cool side project from the What We Do in Shadows universe, as well as my dream toy. Yeah. Can't wait till that comes out. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so with that, sit back, grab a tasty, crispy, apple beverage. Something to fucking cool you down for this heat. Yes, but a nice cider will do. Yes. And enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 325, Wakanda Forever. Besides being hurt all over. Because you're silly and you did silly things. Yeah, not, uh, yeah, yeah. well, it, no, just not even silly. It's just fucking walking and not <laughs> seeing a step while being a little inebriated. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I swear my ankle is broken. I know it's, it's not probably really because it probably hurt but more. But you're a man, so it's probably actually <laughs> probably just needs to be amputated. <laughs> Yes. It's probably beyond beyond saving. It's just a small sliver down there somewhere. And you just really just stubbed your big toe. Yeah. Well, I'm dying. I, am, I mean, I am dying. I can't get rid of this freaking nasally. You get a summer cold? Summer yeah. colds are the worst. They really are. Yeah. Well, they suck doubly because you want to go outside. Yeah. Actually, no, but not I don't. this weekend. No, not this weekend, though. So no. I'm kind of okay with yeah. it being this weekend. Like, yeah. it wasn't. Daring step outside. It's a thousand and fifty degrees outside. It is a hot one, and I've seen people bitch about. Yeah, you guys can't complain because you're complaining about winter stuff. I go, you know what? I never complain about winter. I love winter. I I love snowstorms. I do complain. I save all. I save all the bitching for summer. Yeah. I'm like one. One of my friends goes, "All right, you get a pass. You can bitch about summer weather all you want." Because I, I'm fine with moderate weather. I will bitch about both of the extremes. Too cold and too much snow or too fucking hot. Listen, this body was made for Michigan. 98 degrees is not Michigan temperatures. I have too much leftover winter fat for 98 degrees. (laughs) It's too hot. It's just too hot. And I'm never going to not complain about 98 degrees being too hot. Yes, they are hot. (laughs) I love their songs. (laughs) Remember when Screech was in one of their music videos? No. Yeah. I don't I remember was, that I at do all. Cherish you, maybe. Was that before he went to jail for stabbing somebody? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those weird like, what? Yeah, it was yeah. just a weird music video. But <laughs> was it Nick Lachey was the big name from that? Maybe. Yeah, I was never into the boy bands much. I love me some boy bands. New Kids oh, on the Block was my last. Yeah, you do love you some <laughs> boy bands. New Kids on the Block was my last boy band love. That's a. Ages ago. I know, I'm old. <laughs> Don't start down that road. No one is as old as Derek. And let's leave it that way. Oh, um, but some sad news. Uh, very famous writer, Harlan Ellison, uh, has passed away. And this one, like, there's a lot of people in the comic book industry. I didn't realize how much he touched a lot of our friends, but. I've enjoyed his works. Uh, you know, some people, you know, say that he's more of a sci-fi writer, but in a sense, though, I always thought it was like a sci-fi horror. Like, 
some of his stuff is dark. Yeah, I think there's just no genre that fits him in his writing. So they categorized him under sci-fi because, you know, there's sci-fi aspects to his writing, I guess. But it is definitely not... Uh, most sci-fi is like a positive view of the future. <laughs> yes. And this is not that at all. <laughs> oh, he has a lot of dark, twisted, and that's partly why I liked him uh, growing up. Uh, some of his uh, short stories even, something you should definitely, you can find some of his works for free um, posted online, just search for them, or collected books. Um, I'm sure Amazon's going to start re-releasing some of those. Uh Two crazy things uh, about him, though. One is, did you see uh, what Dirk Manning posted when he met him yes. back in like two thousand and two or something? Yeah, and how he looked exactly the same back yes. then. That Manning is, just does not age. That is crazy. <laughs> he is a vampire, and I'm just like, I'm looking. I'm like, holy shit, dude! You could have took that yesterday. Like, scary. Yeah. The what I got from that though is I don't. Anybody who's met Dirk Manning knows that that man is, like, he's a talker. If you listen to any of our interviews with Dirk Manning, you know that man is a talker. And he doesn't talk quietly. He is always sure of himself. And apparently he was not before he met Harlan Ellison. And Harlan Ellison was like, stop mumbling. (laughs) (laughs) Make yourself heard. And it was that now you get Dirk Manning as he is today. Which is Uh impressive. (laughs) Uh, one other thing, though, which uh, it was kind of—it's kind of incredible in how it was resolved because Harlan was not known—not saying not a nice guy is the wrong term—but he kind of would be an asshole, crotchety. He, yes, crotchety. And uh, when it comes to many things, he would straight up uh, viscerate his opponents, or for whatever reason. And it came down to uh, an incredible Hulk story. That uh, Bill Mantlo uh, pretty much copied uh, from a Harlan Ellison story. And at the time, this was in 83, so, you know, pre-internet and all this stuff happening, um, Marvel did not know that at, at the time until it went to print. And they were stuck in a bind because it was already out. And um, who was the... Um, Jim Shooter was the yeah, editor-in-chief at the time realized uh, we could get sued and there's nothing we could could do about right. it. And so he ended up calling uh, Harlan about, hey, this is what happened. We apologize. Uh, you know, we'd like to, you know, take care of this if we could. But if we want to get our lawyers involved, that's fine. But um, we, we know we're in the wrong. So here's – and I think that went a long way into how it was resolved because normally – well, yeah, he sued James Cameron for the same story. Yeah. He says that the Terminator ripped off that story. Which, no, And he won. I know, but I, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he kind of got, he got credit for mm-hmm. it in there. Um, but with this, it was resolved a lot easier where he goes, well, just give me writing credits, give me what you would have paid for the issue, and uh, unlimited uh, supply of comic books. And... Looking at that, they they would have lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when you think about the average comic book at the time, two dollars. Even so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, give up. Yeah, aver- if you average it over time, really. Yeah, yeah. And let's say twenty comic books. That's forty a month. Uh, you get that time of the year. It's about five hundred dollars. So twenty years is only ten grand. Like Marvel got out of this pretty easily, and. Harlan was a big uh, comic book collector. He loved comic books. I saw uh, old school, like pre-age, like good-looking camera type thing mm-hmm. on YouTube of him showing off his collection, and he had a lot of iconic pieces in yeah. there. So I can only imagine, you know, him actually taking them up on this and probably reading most of those comics. Could you imagine getting? Oh my god. I mean we get some free comics, so that's kinda nice, but it is. We get a lot of digital getting like hand copies. Just sent to where, you every month, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And then would you I don't have enough space in my yeah. life for those. <laughs> We're not rich enough to be have able a to rolling, afford free rolling shelf library <laughs> where you can store all of them. I would need an entire fucking room for that. Which I do not have. 
Yep. So uh, you all, you have an extra room in your house. We could just store them here. Oh yes, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> just take up all my rooms for comic book related stuff and not anything else. <laughs> Might as well. Oh, so yes, yeah, sad passing, but uh, it's great hearing some of the stories of some of our other friends in the industry who have gotten to meet them, and a lot of those stories are are more warm hearted. Um, yeah. You can find, like I said, on the internet, some more derogatory or, you know, as you said, crotchety is a my good word. My stepfather was known as a mean old man. And if he was here right now, he'd punch you in the face for being irritating. But <laughs> <laughs> but once you got to know him, he was a big softy. So I would imagine that it's probably a very similar personality type. There's usually soft spots in everybody, even if they are cranky old men or cranky young men <laughs> <laughs> just cranky in general yeah so let's get some good news let's yeah. get to some reviews reviews so i spent this whole week this whole week reading descender um because i was very much behind on it i think i how read how far up, behind were you well issue 31 came out this week and i think i had read up to issue 5 before That's that. a lot of comics. They were just piling up. And I was like, I'll get to it eventually. So finally I had to pull them all out of my box and set them up and be like, I'm going to read a couple of these every night. And once I started reading them and then it just kind of, you know, you get into the story. <laughs> One just, more before going yeah, to bed and then... happens very fast. So written by... Um, why am I... Jeff Lemire, of course. I don't know why I, I mind blanked on that. Uh, art by Dustin Wynn whole time both of them on this on the story the art is from issue one to issue 31 still fucking amazing every single time there's this one page so start at the beginning just as a little refresher the descender is about this universe of a bunch of different planets who have very advanced in the future um have robots as like helpers servants and stuff like that and they're just living their lives and one day these giant robots show up and basically obliterate millions of people and they're called the harvesters and then they disappear and after that the ugc which is the name of the the confederacy or whatever that runs this universe um decides that robots are dangerous so they start the robot calls killing all the robots that of course creates these two different sides it's, you got the hardwire, which is the robots trying to protect themselves and creating this whole army for themselves. And then you have the people who are still trying to kill the robots. And then you have the sympathizers, the human sympathizers with the robots. And in the middle of this story is Tim, 21, who was this little companion robot whose family was killed on a planet during a mining accident. And he wakes up 10 years later, right after, 10 years after the mining accident, which is also the same time the harvester is attacked. And he wakes up and he instantly becomes the center of the story because you find out very quickly that his codex is the, shares, is, is shared codex with the harvesters. So all of a sudden it becomes this big race to find him. Now... Besides this general overall story, I remember I read like the first couple issues and then I haven't as well. So a lot of the new things that you're talking about. And if I remember correctly, or at least my thoughts, I had a feeling that Tim was kind of like a little boy that could see uh, dead people. Uh, he was an AI. He was a robot. Yeah, yeah. well, an AI, that, yeah. but like, is he feel like you saw ai the movie right yeah it's been a while but okay you can't really do any similarities no. of the feelings of this little boy and how he acts like is he an innocent boy or is he yeah. no no he's super innocent all he wants to do is find his brother this which is the kid he was a companion to and you find out that andy who is his brother has become a scrapper he's grown now because it's been 10 years he's become a scrapper so he kills robots for a living he scraps them and he takes them back to this planet and gets money for it and that's what he does how do robots grow how do they grow he doesn't grow he's well, a you kid said forever. he grew up andy grew up andy grew up he's a person 
Oh, he's a human yeah. person. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. He, Tim calls him his brother. All right, I was thinking robotic brother. Yeah, no, but it, no, his human brother, because he was the kid that Tim became the yep. companion for. Um, and it, it gets very complicated. There's all these different sides fighting for their own ends, and then you get introduced to the concept that maybe machines were first and humanity was second. So about halfway through the series, this concept gets introduced where maybe the ma machines created humans and gave us the gift of knowledge to create more machines and we've abused it. And that's why the harvesters come because they're erasing their mistake and they're going to start over and then it just keeps happening, right? They build us, we build more machines. We've used the machines because we see them as tools and then they're like, you can't do this we gave you this knowledge so that they could be equal with you and you're just abusing them. So then they come and they wipe us out. No one watched Terminator and, in and this universe. <laughs> and it starts all over again. So, um, this, it's getting the next issue in July is the last one. And this is going to wrap up. And I'm actually, it's not the sort of comic book where you're getting to the end and you're like, I have no idea how this is going to wrap up. Like I, I can see that there will be a conclusion to this. Like, I'm not like, Oh my God, there's going to be so much happening in the last issue. They've done a very good job of pacing themselves so that they don't have to throw everything into the last issue. I don't think there's going to be a ton of surprises. There might be a couple things, but <clears throat> it's going to be a very interesting thing because Without spoiling too much, there's some stuff that happened in 31 where it could go one of two ways. There's a 50-50 chance on how it's going to end. So I'm really interested in seeing how Jeff decides to end the book and which direction he will take. Um, I'm going to, now that I finally caught up, I'm going to miss having this book, but I'm also glad <laughs> that it's ending because it's one of those books that doesn't need to keep going on forever and ever and ever. Like, it, it has a logical conclusion, which a lot of comic books don't, and I can appreciate a book with a logical conclusion. But again, as I said, the art in this is insane, and they've stuck to that, like, colored pencil, watercolor mm -hmm. look the whole time, and it's just... That's gorgeous. An insane book, and there's, in the issue 30, it takes forever. Andy and Tim finally meet. Like, it's been this whole they miss each other by seconds thing in the entire book. And they finally meet in issue 30. And there's this page of them meeting. And Andy has said the whole time that he's just going to find Tim to scrap him because he's so valuable. But that's not what happens. And I would never have imagined that would happen. But I want to own this page. I think it's just simple and beautiful. And... Uh, I don't know what else Dustin Wynn is doing, and I don't know what he's going to do after this, but I will read it just based on his art. <laughs> because I think it's really good. So if you haven't read Descender, pick it up. There's got to be trades out there by now. Catch up. It doesn't take long. About a week. <laughs> if you're not working, maybe a couple days. <laughs> and then get issue 32, and you'll be done, and it'll be a really great story, hopefully. I can't say what the ending is going to be because I don't know, but I hope that he wraps it up nicely. Um, it's just, it's such a good story. It's a very simple, like the story, the plot, like the basic concept of the plot is something that's told over and over again, right? Humanity's given power. They abuse it. Factions divide. There's a war. Somebody, there's always a hero in the middle who's like, both of you are wrong. And it's like, it's, it's not a, a new concept, but it's just, it's told so beautifully in this book, so. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I have a, a book that's kind of set in the future, maybe, but I don't know. Mm. Uh, I, I'm still confused on this. Remember when I reviewed Black Panther number one? Yes. So I have two books that are revolving around Wakanda that I want to talk about, okay. and one of them is Black Panther number two, which hoping would resolve what the fuck's going on. Right. I don't believe this is an Elseworlds thing. This is 616 Universe. Okay. I mean, it has to be. They would have let us know then if they were creating a whole new universe. Yeah, do you remember how long it took us to find out who Lady Thor was? You think that they're just not going <laughs> to fuck us around for a while? True. I mean, 
just like in the last one, it kind of talks about this intergalactic empire of Wakanda. Like, 2,000 years ago, a detachment of Wakandans established a small colony on the outer edge of the cosmos, and then that turned into an empire spanning multiple galaxies. That we just never knew about. Yeah, and I mean, that's something that could make sense in them retconning and doing these things. Why, you know, we wouldn't know about them is weird, but what is weird is that there is this T'Challa figure. Right. As well as an M'Baku, as well as a Nakia, Nakita, and not knowing when is this the real uh, or does there uh, or does Wakanda have the same evolutionary path no matter yeah, where? Yeah, or at. that there's another yeah yeah Black Panther type person in this uh, in this Galactic Empire. A lot of this book, uh, I was just I'm still kind of confused of where where it's going. And what's great is in the the back they do have a little bit of who's who okay um, to explain who they are for new readers and stuff, but like. Even it says T'Challa is a warrior in search of himself. Um, he's dri- driven to regain his memories and destroy the empire that stripped him of it. So could this be Earth T'Challa that somehow got into space, went there, got his mind wiped? And it is because he's also having weird dreams about another world or another place. So is this set in the now? Like I'm starting to get like some... Uh, not Game of Thrones, uh, Westworld type. Oh yeah. Thinking of what timeline it, am I in? Is this now? <laughs> is this real? And a, a good majority of this one, the first one was them getting T'Challa out of there and giving him the mantle of Black Panther with the the resistance, resistance yeah. group. This one, it, and it felt a little stars Star Wars ish. Star Warsian. Because there was a pretty big Pen, the heavy. whole most of the book was them. Flying. Is that storm? No, it was. That's a it. It's it's an alien girl because she's got like slits, oh, like reptilian she eyes. Looks a lot like storm. But it, yeah, not sure who that woman is. Okay. Um, but someone of his past. But like I said, it was a lot of like Tie Fighter type action. Ah. Uh, and showing him how he's space wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I and I enjoyed that. It was a little bit different than what I was expecting from this book. And I was kind of like, where you know, we finally got the um, the big bad guy uh, in this, who uh, I I feel, you know, he has the um, what was the other uh, suit that Killmonger grabbed, or what did he did he call himself something like he wasn't a panther? It's more like a cheetah-ish looking. Oh, I don't... Um, in the movie? Yeah. I don't remember. It was a Black Panther costume that he grabbed, but he it, he made it so that it looked different. Yeah, this one looks more like it's an, uh, a symbiote. Oh. Which, I kind of like that. They are in space, and... That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even the eyes look Yeah, it does. Well, and all type. the little Well, then the tender... Well, that's when tendrils. it really starts yeah. uh, coming out, so... Uh, Oh, oh, I'm very uh, interested into who this Lord uh, in J- J- Jadaka. Yeah, Jadaka. I think that's how you'd pronounce it. That's the one thing with reading Black Panther. I love that they have these African names and everything and words, but pronouncing them is kind of hard. Because, uh, I mean, to be fair, we pronounce English words wrong all the time. <laughs> that's true. I can't even yeah, pronounce it. Uh, but one of the big also reveals at the way in, which then has my mind blown even more to be like, I really don't know what the fuck's going on, is uh, Njadaka, he uh, is asking what the rebellion stole from one of the things, and, oh, just uh, an Emkron shard from the Emkron crystal, which... Isn't that the thing that the Phoenix destroyed? Yes, but it's also the nexus of realities. Yeah, yeah. And with the... Emkron crystal, multiple realities can be made, and none. So, is this like an the 616? Re- yeah. Or is it an alternate? Is it really the reason why T'Challa is thinking of his past things? Because he really is the old T'Challa, and this is a different world that merged here. Having the Emkron crystal or just a shard of it really 
throws it even more for a loop of what is going on. Right. Also, in the beginning, I should have also mentioned, they also said two years ago was, like, issue one, almost. Oh. So... The time has passed. Yes. And that's, like, him being, like, a fighter in this rebellion, getting huh. even more... Uh, which also is kind of a big deal. I guess it would be really boring to just watch him, like, train to fight in the Rebellion for two years. Because mm-hmm. you know they're not just going to send him out the next day, I montage. guess. Montage. <laughs> Off-panel montage. Yes. <laughs> so, it, that, I, I was a little wavering a bit of, like, I'm not knowing what's going on or what are at stake here. Yeah, you know you're going to have to review this every single time because I don't want to read it. Because I have enough to read, but I want to know what's happening. It sounds so interesting. Yes, and I... Oh. So, other story that I want to talk about is Amazing Spider-Man Wakanda Forever, number one. And I was interested in what the Wakanda Forever was about, uh, because I do love Wakanda. And this is a multi-series issue... Uh, revolving around the Dora Milaje, which are the women warriors. 100% you were going to say Dora the Explorer. (laughs) (laughs) The minute you said Dora, I was like, don't do it, Tony. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, Okoye, um, the main female uh, from the warrior tribes that was within the Black Panther movie, well, they debuted back in 83, uh, or not 83, why am I still thinking 83? 98, uh, 1998, in Black Panther, I believe, number three. And that's when they were established. And after that run ended, I think 2003-ish, if my memory serves right, they haven't really been in the comic books until they were on the big screen. And, of course, everything needs to be one and the same, so now we need to have comic books about them. However... Which is good, because they're fucking awesome. Yes, and I love strong female characters. Me driven characters. Too. So these are uh, some women that need a book. So at first I was also a little off-putting when I was finding out that's what this thing is of, oh, so you had to include Spider-Man. But then I'm thinking, well, you do need to market people. If it was just a book about them, you might not get the outreach that you want. And once they're fully established again in the Marvel Universe, right. then they'll have their own series, right. their own books. But I feel like Spider-Man's the other hot ticket right now, especially yeah. cinematically speaking. So to tie those two things together is probably just a really smart marketing idea on their part. But they did really well with the exposition, um, kind of explaining who they are um, and kind of what's going on. And the dialogue within here was on point. It was pretty... I mean, Spider-Man was Spider-Man. Uh, the women uh, speak a uh, certain set of uh, Western African, so they always have like the little parentheses around them of when they're speaking. Right. But they also understand English. They just choose to speak this way. So when like, but they also there's some lost in translation moments when Spider-Man wants to join them in their adventure. You know, I call shotgun. Why does he want a gun and stuff like, <laughs> which yeah. makes makes for kind of you know funniness going on? But they are uh, going after uh, Nakia, who was one of the Dora as well um, back in the day and within the comic books. So this is kind of continuing on their stories that have already been here before. It's not like a retconning thing. It's kind of a reintroduction of who these ladies are within the Marvel Universe. Okay. And what I loved even more is when we got in here, you kind of found out why Spider-Man was included. Yes, partly because he's a big name and it will get readers to pick it up and start following the story of these women because the next one is going to be X-Men Wakanda Forever Mm. where following Nakia and what she's doing with this uh, anamorphous blob thing that she's controlling... Uh, it's going after Aurora, who obviously has a connection right. with Wakanda. Spider-Man is spiders. Do you remember the long story of totems with the Spider-Man universe? And they were talking about spirit guides and, and all that. And Anansi mm. in African tribes is yeah. the spider god who Spider-Man has been blessed by. And they right. bring that up. 
and when they're kind of introducing each other and stuff oh yeah you were you know blessed by nancy and i'm like oh that is kind of cool there is even deeper connection going on here than just oh it's spider-man so that small little line was really cool to include uh, with what's going on and then of course they fight hydro man and i'm just like you couldn't have come up with a better... I hate half. it when they take, like, these great stories and then they just shoehorn this shitty-ass villain inside of well, it. Well, I mean, they have the overall villain that they're going to be chasing through yeah. this, but then when, like, they're fighting him, like, there's some kind of funny moments, but what I loved is Spider-Man trying to help out and, oh, the women got this down packed. They were going to electrocute him, but then uh, two of the other warriors were outside, and they have some of their own, you know secrets up their sleeve where they freeze them oh. made out of water how do you you can't really hit something made out of water but make it solid and i i was like that's cool too you let them actually f- carry the story yeah it wasn't just spider-man he had some quips and he helped out here and there his spider sense was tingling when it first you know that hydro-man started attacking them in the underwater base which it's kind of interesting and strange that yes, the the water guy would be in the water. Um, but yeah, very good story, and I'm looking forward to seeing where these women go and how they connect with more people in the Marvel universe. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, one more thing I do want to quick mention: that's book five of the prelude to the wedding, mm. Harley versus uh, Joker, and. Harley versus the Joker? Yeah. Huh. She's a good guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. likes Poison Ivy, and that's kind of a thing, and she's not really wanted to be back with the Joker. And that's good. I'm glad forever. she finally came to her senses. This whole, this whole story was, and I'm not going to lie, like, how psycho, like, those eyes, she is mesmerizing in, it's weird to say, but hotness of a comic book character yeah. like she's freaking gorgeous and i think it's the hot crazy scale she's fucking crazy so she's fucking hot <laughs> it's so weird that guys have that scale women do not have that scale for men crazy men are not attractive <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> and this whole issue had her uh going up against the joker and what's funny is still that you know how how would she find him well the riddler knows where you're at because the Joker and the Riddler are still competing, and are I love that. Are they still battling? Yes, but no. I mean, I like that they have become forefront two villains within the Batman mythos. Right. That they really hate each other a lot, and how and Riddler kind of being part of this whole thing too in one of the issues prior with Batwoman. So Harley is kind of showing that she doesn't need the Joker, and she's over him, and she has these death traps that she's putting him through and then of course he inevitably escapes because she knows what he'll do Mm -hmm. but that's the point she wants him to escape so that she can then put him in another death trap and another one and make him feel helpless like he made her feel helpless and i'm like damn this is has way less to do about the wedding even though he's still she's just getting her revenge yes oh that's awesome and she's also it, it does come up to why she's also kind of saving Batman from the Joker and as the Joker goes on about how he always needed her and everything it's in one of her last uh, one of her last uh, traps that she sets up with these holograms and and this happy like go lucky it's a small world type thing she then dresses herself up as like a princess and she talks about how she always wanted a fairy tale wedding, but you know, if yeah, she, could, she was never going to get that from him. Yeah, and if she can't have one, at least you know, the you know the hero and the thief can can have one. But I love the little projections that were going around, yeah. like like you'll be so happy this and that, and like happier than the pig being like I'm in shit. But, <laughs> and of course when. When it comes to the Joker, though, there's going to be a way where he gets out of this one, too. And without explaining how he gets out, ultimately, he gets an axe and pretty much could kill Harley. But he was even surprised that at the last minute, he swung that. He goes, instead of making a smile in the back of your head, like, 
he just hit her with the flat end of the axe and he goes wow i did that you know subconsciously he didn't want to kill her and he goes maybe there's something left for you and when you come around you will you'll come crawling back to me and oh that makes me sick don't do it harley i'm like don't do it (laughs) but i can like see that you know oh god he's the worst thing that ever happened to her and like, it, literally. Yeah, and, the, you know, he knows that I'm the only one that, that can make you happy, and, you know, and you'll desperately want to come back, and then, <sighs> and on that day, you'll you'll know what it's like to be left alone and left uh, waiting for an invitation. I was like, that's kind of poetic, but I, I'm still like, okay. Ugh, ugh. Also, this <laughs> Joker, what I love at the end is that this uh, leads into issue number 48 and 49, where... He's talking about him having an elaborate plan, how to come up with something for the wedding. He's trying to think. He finds a, a gun in the back alley, and that was it's kind of Gotham, like that. I guess. Yeah. Just, just lying around. All the dumpsters. <laughs> and uh, that's when he's like, just make it simple, make it simple. And then he sees the church, and then, of course, it says, you know, pick up Batman 4849 for the conclusion of this, which we already know what happens when I reviewed that last week. And right. then. Next week for Batman number 50, which has been ruined for me. We're not going to talk about it, though, because I don't want it ruined for me. I don't want it ruined for anyone, but seems like some newspapers <sighs> don't know how to fucking wait. Yeah. You are giving press releases early so that you can, like, make the day of, not on four days before the issue, five days before the issue comes yeah. out. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And knowing, seeing an article about it, I wanted to see what uh, news outlet, you know, was releasing this early. And in doing so, I had the wedding spoiled for me. And Mm. that's all I will say. Good. My demeanor, though, probably says a million things. Nope. I'm not reading in anything. You're always (laughs) depressed. Touche, I guess. <laughs> no, nope, not gonna do it. That's so stupid. I hate it when they do that. Like seriously, just stop ruining shit for us. It's just it's so big, mean. The last big one that I remember was uh, when Professor X died. Yeah, and that was a huge one that a lot of the newspapers were like, "Oh my god, Professor!" It's like you fuckers don't care about this shit yeah. ever yeah. until it's a time when we don't want to be spoiled, and then they're just like. Let me start talking about... We're all comic fans here at the New York Times. (laughs) Assholes. They are. Big jerks. I guess uh, sticking around with some Batman news, but not Batman news, uh, Jared Leto is going to star as... Well, it kind of coincides... Because he's going to be the Joker. And that the new Morbius, uh, the Living Vampire movie won't detract from that. So that's kind of the segue I was going with. Yeah. It was a stretch. But, uh, hey, I don't want neither of these. No. <laughs> to no. The truth. Stop giving Jared Leto work, people. He was good, and then he got cocky, and I don't think he's a very good actor anymore. No, I, yeah, I don't think he is at all. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. Remember when he was Jordan Catalano from, Boy- uh, from My So-Called Life, and he was super cute? <laughs> I'm just going to remember him like that. <laughs> yeah, I think he's kind of weird and creepy. Uh, I guess that maybe fits in with the parts they're giving him now, though. True. but I. Uh, so why are we going to have, uh, again, another Sony Spider-Man spinoff without yeah. Spider-Man? All these movies are going to tank. Like, I saw a list of like movies that they're planning on making, all of which without Spider-Man. Yeah. No... It, the exception being Venom, and we already know they're going to fuck that up. Yeah. Uh, I just, I know it. I bet anyone, come at me with any amount, and I'm going to just take it from you, because it's going to fail hard, <laughs> and I know it. Yeah. Which is sad, because I don't want these movies to fail. No. I want more of them, but they just don't know how to make good movies. No. Hire me. I will make good movies for you. Well, and why are, why are we, ma- so Venom has the potential, and enough previous knowledge of people that it could it could ideally stand well, on had its, its own. own right granted okay morbius has had some you know sides comics but not enough to i feel like if you do morbius on his own outside of this 
outside of Spider-Man, it just becomes a vampire movie. And you need to have Blade then. Yeah. Which could be good, but then it's a Blade movie right. and not a Morbius exactly. movie. And Sony doesn't have Blade, so... No, they don't. Who has Blade? Uh, Marvel got it the, back. Did they get it back? Yep. God, I really liked that first Blade movie. I kind of enjoyed it, them all. It doesn't really hold up. Like, if you watch it now, like, the CGI is fucking terrible <laughs> in that movie. But that was, it was, yeah. The third one was not great. The rest were good. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> Unlike the first Blade movie. <laughs> Speaking of Spider-Man, though, uh, remember the Spider-Verse? Yes, I fucking loved that series. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. And it gave us Spider-Gwen. Yep. And a which bunch of that, other cool spider which versions. Which that comic book is one of them that I have that I know is worth actually money, which was random. I picked all of those up because yeah. they're all interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, well, that's cool. Randomly, you yep. got one that's maybe $100 or so. Yep. Who knows? Uh, I loved it. Uh, some of it was a little too headcanon to like follow. I did, but some people were kind of lost yeah. on who these. I With, forget what they're what they called themselves. Um, the in oh god, what were they called? Because it was Moreland, yeah. right? Was the the main villain, and then they were the oh shit, what inheritors. Were they yes, inheritors. That's yeah. exactly what they were called. So, with all that being said, uh, there's going to be Spider-Geddon. <laughs> Which is a silly title. <laughs> Very much is, but... But I'm excited that it's like a sequel to Spider-Verse, because it was really good. Now, uh, Spider-Verse was written by um, uh, Dan Slott, and this is not going to be written by Dan Slott. So, who knows? He's going to stay on and, like, advise so that it doesn't, like, stray too far off the path in terms of what happened in Spider-Verse. Um, but I still think it might be fun. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about sequels to popular events yet, though, because Civil War Two did not go well. That was forced, though. This seems like a natural, like, could happen again right. type thing. I mean... We had Secret Wars 2, which was also amazing. Right. We've had sequels to things that have happened before. It's all about the writer and the overall architecture of the story. Right. Some are definitely forced for the cash tie-in. Right. Well, and this, so this is going to come out right before the, the Spider-Verse animated movie comes out. So this is being done to tie in with um, a different medium that's coming out. But, again, Civil War Two came out around the same time the Civil War Captain America movie came out, and they didn't have anything to do with each other. It was more like... Well, they're hoping that people will pick up the comic yeah, book... Yeah, because of the... ...the movie, and then find out what a pile of shit that Yeah, is. that did not work in their favor, I don't think. No. <laughs> so, I'm hoping this does better than that, and I really did love Spider-Verse a lot, and I don't read a lot of Spider-Man. It was literally the only Spider-Man I've read in so long, and I haven't really read any Spider-Man since then. So, I would be very interested in seeing how this goes. Um, one thing I did kind of forget to mention when we are reviewing comic books, Thor is still doing good. Uh, his multiple hammer ass- <laughs> assortment has been amazing, but I am loving how much they're, they are having Thory is Hellhound yeah. part of it. And there was an awesome scene in it, uh, and I'm reminded because I was seeing some news about Thori and everything of, you know, he's talking, he goes, and then Thori will murder that one, and Thori will murder that one. Everyone gets a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the dialogue yeah. just makes things so much it does. simpler. It's very important. Dialogue is very important in a comic book. Um... I'm very looking forward to... I also like when things are not what you're expecting. Expect the unexpected with M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. And there's a poster for Glass, which is coming out next January. It is a highly anticipated movie. Uh, M. Night has kind of... He's been renowned for making some really amazing movies very bad and very ones. like there's not very, very medium. bad <laughs> yes yeah 
one end of the spectrum to the next. It's crazy because it literally was like he did so well out of the gate, right? He did. Um, yeah, they kind of got worse, kind of going down. Not six cents. Six cents. Well, he did six cents, and then he did Unbreakable. Or six cents was first, and then. And then he did Signs. signs yep. I did not care for Signs, but a lot that. of people like Signs. And then, and then it, it was like, all right, I'm just gonna put twists and everything, and a lot of them were forced. Um, and then the happening happened, and that movie was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> for as much hate as that movie gets, watching it just as like it's so pure, bad. pure bad comedy, it's, so it's good. Bad. It's good in that. There, there are some movies that are so bad they are good. There are some movies that just aren't good at all. Yeah, I feel that's one of those so bad it's good type no, ones. So it has a redeeming quality if you watch it in that lens. <laughs> Marky Mark at his fucking acting best. <laughs> um, and then and then he did Devil, which I don't know if you saw that movie. No. But it was it was it was it was not a normal M Night Shyamalan movie. It was it was interesting. Um, and then before he did Split, he had done another movie, and I can't remember the name of it. Avatar, the movie that we don't oh, speak of. God no, <laughs> no no no. He did like a horror movie, and I it I can't remember what it was called. I haven't seen it, but apparently it was good. The people who actually took the time to watch it uh, really liked it. Um, and I think that kind of set him up for a Split because he was sort of making his comeback a little bit. But then Split happened and everyone went and saw it. And I don't even know that everyone realized it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie to the start. Because I don't think they advertised it as an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, because they used to be able to do that and people would be like oh I want to see that but then also people are like expecting twists and then everything it ruins when you expect a twist it ruins the twist yes that is true (laughs) so um Split was a fucking amazing movie the story was really good (laughs) I don't know that it would have been so good if James McAvoy wouldn't have been such an amazing fucking actor in that movie because I don't know who else could have pulled that off I'm sure there are other actors who could have, but he did such a good job in that movie. The girls that were in that movie, uh, whatever. (laughs) They just, they did what they needed to do. I don't even remember their names or any, like, I just remember him. Him in that movie. And then the end of the movie. Which was the best part of the movie. Which is what you want out of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) So it's kind of like his return. Um, And then the tie-in, right? Now that, you know, he's building a universe... Now you want to watch his stuff again. Yeah, and this universe, uh, as they're calling it, the Unbreakable universe. Yeah. It, I, I like this poster speaks a million words, and it also invokes like what the hell is going on with them sitting in the chairs. Obviously, Bruce Willis's character chained up, and you see their silhouettes. It's, it's a beautiful poster, mm-hmm. and I'm. Very intrigued what's going to happen. I, I don't need a twist ending. I don't think that he needs to... The I think... And, and even the twist ending that was at the end of Split wasn't like a... Oh my god! Sort of twist. It was just like a... Oh. Now I'm excited yeah. for the future sort of twist. So uh, he doesn't definitely doesn't need to be all twisty and stuff in these. He's got the audience. Already. Yep. And he just needs We've to... We've come back, so yes. don't fuck it up. Exactly. Because exactly. if he fucks up this one, then he can never work again. You're over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, another movie, possible movie, I mean, it's kind of in the beginning phases of becoming a movie now, um, Faith, the Valiant character, Faith, is getting her own movie. And I'm very fucking excited about this. Because A, Valiant makes great characters. And B, Faith is me. <coughs> she is me. This is, I if like, if I could identify with any superhero ever, it would be Faith. Because she was totally... She has a weird affixation with Jean Grey. <laughs> she, well, she was this total fangirl nerd who then got superpowers. And I was like, I would probably be just like her if I got superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um... But and then she's she's the the first ever plus size comic book superhero. So she to get her own book specifically. So that was kind of revolutionary. And considering that 
like 85% of America is overweight. <laughs> Makes sense that you would have this character. It's weird that it's just now happening. Um, but I'm totally hoping they cast Rebel Wilson in this movie. I think that she would do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Oh, would. my God. I'm so looking forward to seeing who they cast. If it's her, I'm totally down. They'll pick someone good, I think. But I'm very excited to see this come to fruition. More excited than the, uh, what other movie are they doing with Vin Diesel? Blood, blood, Bloodshot? Is that his name? Well, yeah. Yeah. Ah, whatever. I don't care about that one. Yeah, but maybe they're <laughs> building, I mean... They're going to have their own... Uh, people don't make everything connected. I mean, we want it connected, yeah. but don't force it. However, if that, if anyone can do it other than Marvel, I think Valiant would, would be yeah. able to well, pull Well, I think because they're going to listen to their comic writers and right. do not have big, you know... Yeah. Too many hands in the cookie they're, jar. And by doing Faith next, after doing the Vin Diesel movie, Faith is like... So you have all these superhero archetypes and like you know there's a lot of differences in valiant characters compared to like marvel but not a lot i mean they are superheroes you get the same tropes but then you have faith who is kind of a different hero altogether so uh it's nice that they're doing like the hardcore like staple movie and then they're doing like the heart of the valiant universe next like, i think that's very smart on their point so Yay. <laughs> so while we await uh, the What We Do in Shadows uh, TV spinoff that's uh, coming to uh, FX, there is another series from that universe uh, that is going... The one is going to be American Made and shot in uh, New York. This one is going to be uh, following the people of New Zealand, uh, specifically uh, two members of the police force that were in What We Do in Shadows, as they are part of a paranormal division. And they're going to have the same kind of style of, like, you know, camera walking around, yeah. interview type it's style. like a documentary. Yes. Yeah. And they even sell it as a documentary, which I think is hilarious. They don't even yeah, stray the, from that at all. Yeah, it's like real. It's yeah. what's really <laughs> happening here in Wellington. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, it it's going to premiere uh, July 11th uh, in New Zealand. I'm hoping that that somehow gets here, because otherwise this is why people pirate people. Yeah. Like, hey, New Zealand fans. Do we yeah. have any? Do we have any New Zealand fans? Do you know? Hey, New Zealand fans. <laughs> Hook us up. Yeah, send us a link. <laughs> um, two other quick nerdy news things. Showtime ordered a Halo series, so... Yeah. Many people have been foaming at the mouth for a Halo movie and everything. I think the series could be a lot better. Uh, yeah. I um, was subjected to uh, Red versus Blue. Is yeah, that what yeah. it was called? Josh had just recently rewatched all of that series. I need to... I know that there's there was a new season, the newest season, which may have come out actually a year ago, but I think two years ago is when I last watched, so I, I know there's like a season in there. It's so hard to keep track of some of that story because it started off as just straight up fun comedy yeah. and then kind of had some serious tone. Mm -hmm. Such a good production. It's I I feel like it, that's covered. Halo's covered. <laughs> <laughs> and when, like, is there a new Halo game coming out? Like, is the is there still enough fandom oh, people love Halo behind yeah. Halo that this is warranted? Because I haven't heard... Halo is going to always be, if they make a Halo game, people are going to buy it, just like they buy a Mario or a Zelda game. I haven't game. heard anybody talk about Halo in so long. Well, Other than reminiscing about when they used to have those land parties where everyone would bring their Xboxes over because you couldn't connect to the internet yet, and you would connect all your Xboxes together and play Halo. That's all. Caboose is my spirit animal. Do you remember which character that is? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, Venture Brothers Season 7 has got a teaser huh. trailer, and that's coming out August uh, 4th, I think. Has there been a gap? Is there Was there a gap between 6 and 7? Yeah, it was uh, March of 2016 okay. uh, was when that happened. So, uh, yeah, looking well, forward to... Show. To that show, yeah. that's a big nerdy show. I've never that's been... another one that you need to actually watch from the beginning yeah. to understand. 
you can watch an episode and think it's funny, but you would not get half the right. references. And that's that's kind of the viewer I am. Like, I've never watched the whole series, but I've watched episodes. Well, it's weird to see a cartoon be serialized like that. Right. Most cartoons, especially on Cartoon Network, self-contained. Right. You can laugh at it. Maybe there might be an ongoing joke through the season, but yeah. definitely serialized. Well, Rick and Morty is kind of yeah. like that, too. You can watch it Adventure individually, time. but there's... Or that, too. <laughs> well, the Adventure Time is the combination of the both, right? You could totally just go watch Adventure Time episodes and enjoy yourself, and not all of them are serialized, but there are, it, like, the undertone current mm-hmm. is serialized, which is interesting. But, you know, cartoons are smarter now than what they used to be. Very much so. So are toys. And I hate having to say this, because I don't want this to sell out, and I've been waiting for almost a fucking year almost literally i'm not going to lie about every other day as well as looking up winds of winter i'm thinking <laughs> this thing was never gonna fucking come out but out of the lego brick uh, ideas is a giant lego voltron figure this was announced i believe it was last year august that they won but it might have been even the year before it's been forever since i first heard of this and always looking at the message boards of when is this coming out. I just want to know price. I want to know how much I'm going to have to save. And it's a little less expensive than I thought would be for a licensed product like this made from Lego. But it's still kind of hefty. It's $179. Yeah. You know, add in tax and everything. It's, that's 200 bones right there. More than I would pay for a toy. But this is an interlocking Voltron. Like... This, one of the most amazing toys back in the 80s and still is cool, because when I go over to my brother's house and play with my nephew, it's the go-to. Yeah. I get this toy. Yeah. Uh, Tony McKay, drying up vaginas since 1883. <laughs> I'm just connecting with my fans here. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. This thing is, is legit. It's a, It's amazing. Yeah. This is the epitome of nerdiness. I'm sure Voltron fans are very excited about this. Not being a Voltron fan, I'm like, you guys are crazy. But I understand. I have things that I get excited about, too. You know when I get this and I build it, you're going to play with it. I'm going to break it. Yeah. You probably shouldn't let me touch it. I do not do well with toys. They it will fall. The minute, I'm going to be like, oh, look at the arm move. And then it's just going to fall apart. So don't. Just show it to me. So you're saying I need to buy two of these? <laughs> no. No. Um, on that note, we will be starting a Kickstarter <laughs> called the Tony Really Needs the Voltron Lego Set Kickstarter. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. <laughs> oh, that's all the news that I have. <laughs> I don't have anything else either. <laughs> all right. So Booze in a Book, uh, another great book that came out this week, uh, Century Number 1, uh, part of a five... Uh, I don't know if it's going to be an ongoing. I know that in the beginning it said one of five, but it might just be the first story arc is what it is. But usually that means that it's a small run. Sure. And Century is one of the most powerful guys uh, in the Marvel Universe. Yes, he is. And I like that he's got a dark side to him and there's a lot to him. Just try to think of a perfect beer that would match with this book. And I couldn't. I, I, there's a lot of strong beers out there. You know, you know what you should pair this with. What? You should pair this with blue gold from Vanderbilt. Why? Because, because he's blue and gold. Get it? <laughs> that, that's. I guess we we paired stuff with less reason than that. Also, it's fucking delicious. If you guys haven't had blue gold from Vanderbilt cider, it's apple blueberry cider, and it's really really good. All right. And it's 6.9% for a cider. That's pretty high. It yeah, tastes sure. so good that you could just slam a couple of these. And, and have the, the power of 10,000 exploding suns. <laughs> and be blue and gold. <laughs> all right, so that's, that's your booze for booze in a book this week. Oh, man. We're so good at our jobs. I know. <laughs> well, next week is the, the big uh, wedding date. Uh, let's yep. hope it doesn't go uh, X-Men... Uh, yeah. Style. Well, you know how it's gonna happen, so <laughs> stop talking about it. <laughs> All right, with that, uh, stay thirsty for wedding bells.
Maybe. 